some hot, hot stats. Some hot stats. Some, so, some Simone, sexy. one of the things that people always uh, tease us for when they're looking oh, at I, I, ha I had a good intro for this. Can I, can I do an intro? You can do the you, intro. Would you like to know more? So Malcolm, you know how like basically since we, we started working together and doing things together, people assumed that we were brother and sister. And so at parties, when I, you know, was introducing myself and you to people and you were on the other side of the room and they, they, you know, you weren't in the conversation and I was trying to point out where you were, I would, I just gave up and started saying, oh, you know, he's the guy who looks like he's my brother. And everyone immediately knew who you were. Oh yeah. And uh, pictures online of us, whenever we go viral for this or that thing that we've done recently, one of the most common insults is, well, they look like they're brother and sister. Yeah. And... <laughs> It's, it's funny because I think what they're actually seeing, because one of the things that we often point out is our sort of cultural slash ethnic group used to be a very common ethnic group in this country and is now just a very, very rare one, which is sort of the larger Calvinist cultural group. And it's just not that common anymore. And it what they're really noticing is just like, it's your first time meeting somebody who's like an Asian and they're <laughs> Look like you're related. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you look like you're related. Like, <laughs> but if you go to like the town I'm from, because my family came from like a small offshoot of that group, but that had tons and tons of kids. So yeah. like everyone in my family has over like three or four kids. And historically, we go a few generations back. What was it? 14 kids per generation? It's a lot. Yeah, they had a lot of kids. But yeah, if you go like rural area around Dallas, like everyone looks like me. You'll be like, oh, no, even, a even in Dallas, people look like they could be related to you. It's, it's a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit creepy. <laughs> Just generic Texan. What, what makes somebody Texan? Yeah. But, but what I wanted to go into here on mm. this particular topic was a very interesting statistic I saw recently, mm. which brings up an interesting question, which is as pro-natalist advocates, should we be promoting people marrying their cousins? Oh boy. So, uh, yeah. I mean, a very, some very, very high birth rate cultures do have a lot of. Well, S Simone, if you, I'm just going to give a quote here. Okay. Okay. So this is a, a, a study that was done recently. It was couples who are third or fourth cousins tend to have more kids and more grandkids than other couples. The wow. research the researchers suggest marrying third and fourth cousins is so optimal for protection because they sort of have the quote best of both worlds end quote. While first cousins, while first cousin couples could have inbreeding problems, couples who are far removed from each other could have genetic incompatibilities. Mm. And if you look the 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 study, if people want to read the study on this. It was called Kissing Cousins Have More Kids. <laughs> it was published in 2008. They went for it. <laughs> oh, no, wait. That was the name of the study. That was the name of the article on the study, I guess. Oh, oh man. I, I really love it when academics just like fully go for it with funny titles and that I'm disappointed. Yeah, um, well, and it makes... So there's there's probably a few things at play here, right? Okay, okay. One thing I think they're, they are right, which is you are going to have genetically healthier children likely if you marry a third or fourth cousin than if you marry somebody completely unrelated to you. I mean, like, do you, is there, did you read in, in this, any like clarity on like how much the, the 
risk is reduced. Like if you're a third cousin, are you very, very unlikely oh, to have genetic third problems? Cousin. So you may not know this, but the most common marriage type in the world. So this is, if you're talking not in terms of number, like, for example, if I say something like, what is it? I think it's like 85% uh, of all human cultures are polygynous, i.e. it's one man, many wives is the, the norm for people who are wealthy within those cultures. Yeah. I don't mean one, you, you know, that percent of people in the world, because the most successful cultures are obviously the monogamous ones. Now, when I say this, what I'm talking about is on a per culture basis. So most cultures, like if you're talking about the vast amount of cultural diversity, it's small cultural groups that like live in a rainforest somewhere because, you know, like the United States is largely like one or two cultural groups, right? Where if you're talking right. about like one region of woods or something, you might have like a huge diversity of cultural groups. Well, if you divide cultures this way, the vast majority of cultures prefer no, not the vast majority. I think it's like two thirds prefer cross cousin marriages by count. By count, yeah, by well percent count, whatever however you want to put it. Do they have like by cousin? Do they mean more removed cousins, like third? Like I'm just really concerned about cross the, cousin means like the first cousin, problems first that can cousin marriages. So let's explain why they do this. See, that's this is. So do you know why you would choose a cross cousin marriage? A genetic reason why you would do this. If you're living in a small group of humans, this is for the oh, audience yes. too. Yeah. So, so the genetic reason for doing this in really small communities is, is it's the best way to make sure that you're not marrying someone even more closely related. Like exactly. at least you're not, you know, marrying. They marry cross cousins because it reduces the rate of inbreeding yeah. rather than increases the rate of inbreeding, which yeah. is very counterintuitive to people. Yeah. That is because your cross cousin. So a cross cousin is the cousin of the opposite sex sibling to your parent. So let me, that takes a little explanation. Yeah, maybe give us some scenarios too. So a cross cousin would be my mom's brother's kids mm -hmm. or my dad's sister's kids. And the question is, why would you do that? Why would you be marrying those people? It's because when you're in a small tribe where sometimes cheating happens, because apparently it must happen a lot in these small tribes, <laughs> with the, and I imagine pretty frequently with the, the like most dominant males sleeping with lots of the females in these tribes. Yeah. And we know that cheating happened historically due to things, like if you want to get an idea of like how impactful cheating has been on the evolution of humans when a woman is ovulating like when she is fertile she will be more likely to be attracted to extra masculine looking men and there's a number of other changes in her behavior which would only happen you would only see this differentiation what a woman finds attractive depending on her level of fertility if women were choosing like beta bucks for <sighs> for who they were marrying yeah. and then you know the the Chatty Von Chattington for who they were sleeping with when they were about to have a kid because that was an evolutionarily successful strategy. So we that is just like imprinted into the human genome that this was happening. And I, actually, there was a great study. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to research this really quickly. So just you know what I'm Googling, I'm Googling what percent of kids are not their fathers? Oh, do not. Yeah, okay. They're not related to their fathers. Yeah, are so not related. What percent of kids are not related range? to their mother's husband? Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing numbers that range from 10% to 
Oh, right so and this, a lot of this came out when people started doing genetic testing right and they were yeah like, and then they were like oh, oh it's actually that. really common for women to cheat on their <laughs> and have else's kids. so you're in this small tribe right you don't know if the person's parents cheated so you can't just say like oh i won't you know so how do you ensure that you don't end up marrying a half sibling mm -hmm. the best way to ensure that you are not marrying a half a half sibling is cross cousin marriages. Right. The person in a tribe, a person is least likely to sleep with is their opposite sex sibling. Yeah. But right. The question is, wait, why are people unlikely to sleep with? Isn't that like a fetish? Like, like brother, sister stuff and like pornography and stuff. It's very interesting. So there's something called the Western Mark effect. The Western Mark effect is an effect where if you grow up with somebody else, like, and it doesn't need to be, it could be an adopted sibling, anything like that. If you grow up with them between a specific age period in your development, mm. you build an instinctual sexual disgust towards them. Very helpful. Uh, and this, this I think, also might happen with parents and their kids, which is why normally, as I was mentioning in another thing, normally parents, even if, like, my daughter was objectively hot, I wouldn't be able to be aroused by her, and I would find sexual thoughts of her disgusting. On that front, my theory as to why there are still some men who are attracted to their daughters, it's because they're mostly absentee parents. That would make sense with Trump. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> next... So, so sorry, Western Mark effect, Western Mark mm -hmm. effect. Well, when this is, so yeah, with regard to people usually not being attracted to their siblings, scenarios in which people grew up in the absence of their siblings, and this happens, of course, especially with half siblings, there are actually some pretty serious issues of attraction. There are support groups, for example, for people who accidentally meet siblings who are adopted out to different families, and especially in the IVF community, where like sometimes there are very prolific sperm donors because this is not as well-regulated as it should be. So like, you know, one man might have a lot of kids and then these kids can meet each other and be like, oh, you're hot. And then discover and people that find really people is. who are genetically similar to them more attractive than other people. Yeah. And 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 this is the Western work effect can cause problems. So there were some cultural groups where it caused a big problem where they had a practice of arranged marriages and buying people who their kids were going to marry, but at a very young age like at like five, basically, they would Fine. get their kid's wife. Yes. So it's like, okay, you have a five-year-old boy and you're 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 trying to find a wife for them. And a lot of cultures, people like pay bride prices. Stuff bride like okay, yeah. So it's an arranged marriage with a bride price. It's an arranged marriage with a bride price. Okay. But I don't know, I call it buying, whatever. So I mean, they would take the daughter at like five and then raise them with the person who was going to become their husband. Oh, oh. And they would get this instinctual disgust. Be, like super grossed out. Oh. Low fertility rates in these cultures. Huh. Um, um, oh, that's funny. Which is really interesting. But yeah. anyway, so so to the, the brother-sister porn stuff, I think that the people who primarily consume this, and we should have looked into this when we were doing our research, I don't know mm. if we, we checked this, are people who don't have brothers and sisters, oh. or when they're oh. thinking about it, they're not thinking about their actual brother and sister, yeah. they're just thinking the concept of a brother or sister. No, so I, I, I discovered how like, common it was when when I went through one of my deep dives of mm -hmm. the Argon Wild Audio subreddit and I was like well what are like what are men listening to like what are the top rated posts for like women voice actors describing scenarios to male audiences and though incest really wasn't popular among like male voice actor to female audience posts in that subreddit incest was super popular among the female voice actor to male audience subset 
I, and I would say that the themes were not like, oh, we're related. Oh, we're brother and sister. Oh my God. We're so, 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 so related. It was more like, I've known you for a long time. It's like, there's a lot of fondness and familiarity, which mm. is, I think that's like something that people like in intimacy scenarios. Like it's, it's weirdly wholesome. They can't imagine becoming like, like close to someone in any other circumstance in our sort of fallen society. Yeah. Maybe it's, yeah. Maybe it's even a, this generation thing, which is super interesting, but yeah, I would, okay. I think that your theory it, I mean, obviously it would be worth testing and it'd be really great to see that data, but it holds to me. Like, I bet that the, a lot of this is like only children who just would want a partner who like mm -hmm. really knows them and understands them and has known them all their lives. And like, well, in that, in that scenario, your goth, your goth big titty sister is totally that person, which is by the way, yeah. like one of the themes of the recordings that I <laughs> listen to. So uh, another really interesting thing here is, is something else you were asking, which is mm -hmm. like actually what genetic effects does this have? Uh -huh. um, yeah, it, I'm really because I've heard okay, so, so, stories. Well, this is well studied. Okay. Uh, uh, so if you're talking about first cousins, there are some issues, but not really that much. Probably about as much as you'd expect from a woman who is 40 years old or older having kids. I don't know. Um, I know. I actually think it's probably less than that. And when you're talking second cousins, it's basically nothing. It's basically nothing. It, it is. It is hugely overstated in Western cultural tradition that it is dangerous to marry your cousins. And the question is, is it's why- It's illegal is in the U.S., right? What? It is illegal in the U.S. I think it's illegal to marry your siblings, but not cousins. I can Google this. You're right. Yeah, and because I think this was like a plot point in the movie Splash, where I think the mermaid woman had to get a blood test and was worried about that. And the blood test was to make sure they weren't related. And she was like, oh God, my secret. <laughs> Wait, they would test people to What? Yeah, I think they, yeah, I think in the movie Splash, Daryl yeah, But is Hannah, that a real thing that they test people to make sure they're not related? Like, she knew she wasn't related to him. I mean, let's see, they were in the state of New York in this movie. I, I'd have to go back and- I don't know. I know in our state, you can't marry a first cousin. I just checked. But, um, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> not a problem for us. I'm just saying. I, mean, done our, I don't know. We didn't get the blood test. I'm very familiar with like, like- uh, Yeah, you know, no, we both know our genealogy well enough to know that we're not first cousins. Yeah. And also our family histories don't but geographically overlap. The question is, is, why is there this huge negative stigma if it actually isn't that big of a genetic issue? Right. And the answer comes down to, and we wrote a lot on this, so I'm going to see what I can remember off the top of my head because we've done a, I think we did a detailed history of this in the Pragmatist Guide to Relationships, or it might be in the Pragmatist Guide to Sexuality. I never remember which of our books. But it's the Catholic Church is what caused this phenomenon. So historically- when a wealthy person would die without any heirs, you would all their 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 wealth and property would automatically go to the Catholic Church. And when people were had these closer related family networks, that was much less likely to happen. I forgot the actual mechanism of why that was less likely to happen, but it just mm. it, it I think it was like it was easier to know where the 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 stuff would go when they died. So if they didn't have any heirs, there'd be like close family members somewhere or something like that. Because mm. you had these interconnected family networks, like these clans of people who would intermarry, intermarry, intermarry. Yeah. This wasn't good for the Catholic Church. So I asked an AI about this, and the AI said by barring marriages out to the extreme degrees, like fifth or seven cousins, the pool of eligible partners was extremely limited, especially in smaller communities. This led to more marriages being blocked or needing special dispensations from the church after paying fees, increased church income and authority. When marriages were barred or childless, 
Property and inheritance lines were disrupted. Lands and assets flowed back to the church rather than being passed down in families. The intricate rules and genealogy tracking around consanguinity also gave more control, influence, and income generation for the medieval church. However, it should be noted that this is still just a theory. The Catholic Church may have truly believed such strict rules were religiously warranted or necessary at the time. Thank you for covering your butt, AI. Thank you for covering your butt. The Catholic Church made a ruling... God, I want to say, I just remember it was like comical. It was like up to 17th cousin. It was between 5th and 7th cousin, but that's still insanely high. You were not allowed to marry without special papal dispensation. And this was used oh, to yes. yeah. control who could marry who really aggressively by the church. Because that basically meant, if, if you're talking like, you know, 16th century France or something like that, you are never going to meet a human in your life who isn't a 16th or like <laughs> cousin. You're in some little village, like good luck. But then, I mean, I don't know if they so, were no, no. that cumbersome. I'm sure people got married anyway. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. So if you were poor, it didn't really matter. But if you were rich, it gave the church the ability to control who could marry who. And, and that's what really mattered, the, right? The it was about the money. At that point of history, they got dispensations for this all the fucking time. Oh, you just pay your fee. To, yeah, to you just you. basically pay a fee to the church. And that was another reason why these no rules generation. were useful. Yeah. So, but it was, you know, obviously the fees are higher if you're, you're richer, but the, all of the royal families were inbreeding like crazy. Like they yeah, yeah. completely ignored these rules. So yeah, sometimes uh, to their detriment, right? Like the Habsburg line got a little, little wonky. No, massively to their detriment. So this created a really negative phenomenon where so this this is then created a a stigma in the common population which was like well don't marry anyone you're you're even distantly related to like third mm. fourth cousins when in reality it is genetically optimal to marry a third or fourth cousin being genetically optimal in a small community now give me no the no no a third or fourth cousin not in a small community period just in terms of having more descendants no in terms of having healthier descendants mm. So, so you seem to be unfamiliar with this, but there are genetic incompatibilities between people. If you, yeah, okay, walk walk me through this because I'm actually not really familiar with like genetic incompatibilities. Yeah, so the results aren't super high in humans; like it's not that big an issue. But there are some negative genetic effects from marrying and having kids with someone who's distantly related to you. A lot of people will say, "Well, you mean who's like super, super, super not related to you? Super, super, super not related to you." Okay. So there, there is something called hybrid vigor that you mm -hmm. see in other animal populations. This is like okay. why a mule is stronger than, a, you know, the two animals that make it up. Like it's typically a better animal. You, you, generally, when you have animals that are born of, so what is a mule? Is it a donkey and a horse? I thought so. Yeah. And it's typically stronger, smarter, more resilient than either of the two parent species. When you have two species create a, an animal, an offspring litter, like really distantly related, you can get a phenomenon called hybrid vigor where these individuals like dramatically outperform other individuals. So mm. what you're actually looking at is if you're talking like inter-ethnic marriages, right? You might actually end up with genetically more fit kids than distantly related people of the, your same ethnicity. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you're looking at like optimize for genetics marriages, the two probably best are going to be inter-ethnic marriages from like really distantly related people and people who marry 
fairly close, but not like siblings or first cousins. Oh, that's, so like that's really interesting. Cousins. Yeah. Well, and I guess the easiest way to marry someone who is more likely to be genetically similar to you if you're marrying within your own ethnic group is to look for a an inherited cultural match. So if like both of you have a Jewish history or an Islamic history or a Calvinist history or a Catholic history, then you're more likely to be of a group that like kind of was relational within the past. Well, that's what we would recommend. I actually think that all of the effects we're talking about here are like basically trivial. It's like a fun game to talk about them, but certainly I wouldn't optimize who you're actually marrying off of this sort of stuff. This, <laughs> so this so you're not joke. saying we, we should go on 23 and Me and find our cousins and then reach out to them and be like BT does. Use that as a marriage platform. Single. No, I am not New saying do platform. that. Um, so there's also other effects that could be at play here. It could be that less wealthy people have more kids and more wealthy people, less educated people have more kids and more educated people. Uh -huh. Those two things probably correlate with people who marry like first cousins and stuff like that. So, you know, there's probably a lot of other factors at play here. I, I assume the study probably controlled for that, but hey, it might not have, who knows? But <clears throat> I have a lot of time people are like, here's the thing I bet the study didn't control for and they don't go to check to see if the study controlled for it. And I'm almost certain the study controlled for that. So I'm just going to throw out that. See, I thought- But anyway, so, so hold make... on, hold on, hold on. Okay. The, the actual genetic effects of all this mm -hmm. are trivial, completely trivial. Like it, it, I would not take this into account. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, yeah, do marry somebody who has like a similar world perspective as you, which can often be like a shared history of religious perspective or something like that. I think that's just useful from like a marriage and cultural fidelity standpoint. It'll make it easier to pass your culture and your values down intergenerationally. Right. But outside of that, the positive effects you would get from any of this are pretty trivial. And it's mostly we made this episode to have a funny title about people marrying cousins. Because people would guffaw and be like, no, no, no. And then we talk about some data and some science and some kinks. And isn't that what based camp is all about, Simone? Yes. That and religious craziness. We only talk about sex, politics, and religion. Um, As one you know, should. Very gotta appropriate. Keep it on. But wait, do you have another thought on this topic, Simone? I thought your original pitch was really going to be just, you know, a year third or fourth cousin is more likely to be intuitively culturally aligned. So even if, you know, one of you became... Baptist, and the other one's an atheist, your intuitions that like had, you know, shaped your family over generations that, that ultimately I think affected their sociological traits that are genetically coded would be more compatible. That's, yeah. that's where I thought you were going to go with this. And so I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah. As genetic selection technology gets better and gene mm -hmm. editing gets better, it will become easy to for people to be able to marry their siblings without the negative genetic effects that oh, we have today to just fix it yeah <laughs> yeah what do you do you think that that should be allowed or do you approve of what are and let's be clear like it is eugenics for a government to say we will make it illegal for people to marry their siblings or cousins mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of the negative genetic effects that that has on their offspring so do you support that type of eugenic regulation? So I'm 
so yeah, it, it, intuitively, I, I could never condone a policy that allows for, you know, unnecessarily people to be born who suffer from, you know, pretty serious mm -hmm. conditions. And these can be, you know, just like crippling, either life shortening or life, you know, they'll never, they'll never be able to live independently. Like I, I cannot condone that. So I cannot condone like sibling marriage and uh, to a certain extent, even cousin marriage, because I, I've heard of these devastating effects and I can't deal with it because I care a lot about babies and children and people. And I hate that. I hate that I care, but I do. Now, if we could just eliminate that, I, I don't even think that society is as grossed out by sibling marriage as we would like to think. When you look back at like the Egyptian gods and the Greek gods and like Japanese anime being weird about like twins being romantically entwined like there seems yeah, to what's be what's up with all that that's interesting there seems to be a deep human intuition that's like kind of hot for sibling relationships and sibling romances even when you look at like the hunger games there's a district one sibling like group that you know kind of has a little bit of a i'm sure there's some slash fiction there like, interesting. um i mean i wonder yeah it's like conceptually i understand but the western mark effect and you grew up basically as a single kid so you wouldn't have the western mark effect as strongly mm -hmm. as i would i yeah, grew up also with, you didn't have a female sibling so you wouldn't know no, but i had a brother like. and the western mark effect works strongly enough in me that i would find the idea of sleeping with anyone who he has slept with or even kissed oh my gosh it's that strong. Hugely disgusting. Oh, that's Hugely so weird. Disgusting. But then what about all like, those I siblings? I would rather like... eat a, a spoonful of shit than do that. I Literally, <laughs> I would rather eat a spoonful of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, lots of rationalists find... are now doing that just to get someone else's microbiome. So it's kind of Oh, yeah. Oh, not well, trendy. But no, and I, this is one of the things where like when I look at the, the setup that Andrew Tate has with his brother, where like I think they share oh, where you're like household. Yeah. I'm like, how couldn't... can he like, but he must not have this effect. It must not have affected him as strongly as it affected Or me, maybe they like... have different women. Like it is not clear exactly whether they share female partners or whether they don't. And so probably they don't share female partners because yeah that would be kind yeah. of gross yeah yeah i mean but you can understand why it'd be really gross the idea of hooking up with someone who your sibling and hooked up with I, i'm so disinterested in hooking up with anyone who's not you that like i can't even imagine like i've never wanted to hook up with anyone before i met you like so i i just like I can't. Oh my gosh! This also reminds me of those like identical twin fantasies. Where is somebody finding identical twins who also did? Because the twins had to have not grown up around each other, otherwise they'll find each other disgusting. Like normally. So not only yeah, do you I know, find but we also twins, found like your whole theory that you came up with that I think is really strong in the Pragmatist Guide to Sexuality is that normally people are you know attracted to and repulsed by the same things. You know, attracted to this you know youth and repulsed by poop uh, but then sometimes people have a sign switch so it is possible that on the repulsed by siblings front people could have a sign switch and just like oh that's who are the concept that she's going over here from our pragmatist guide to sexuality is that sexuality should be thought of as like a switchboard of like positive to negative uh, signals generated by certain environmental stimuli where a positive signal would be arousal and a negative signal would be disgust. But these are operating using broadly the same neural pathways just with an inverse signal applied. And so it means that in humans, most of the volume settings are sort of preset, but it is possible for some time time in a person's development for the modifier the like basically mu multiplying it by negative one gets switched so if it's something like the western mark effect which would normally have a very very strong negative modifier affiliated with it 
if it gets switched, it becomes a very, very strong positive multiplier. Or if it's something that's usually a really, really strong positive multiplier, when it gets switched, it becomes a really, really strong negative modifier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I assume is going on. But but I, I do want to like just emphasize again that across cultures, you know, we're talking ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, and then like modern Japan, <laughs> that there's like this kind of weird fascination and almost reverence for sibling romances and pairings. So I don't like, I, I feel like once society gets past the genuine health hazards of sibling pairings, that maybe there wouldn't be the same intuitive collective disgust that we would expect based or on the way that society be seen as the sign of a hedonistic decline of a society. I mean, <laughs> when I think about periods of history where sibling marriages became more common and stuff like that. I'm thinking uh -huh. like, elite Roman families right before the collapse. I'm thinking like, you um, know. It's, where it's, it's actually practiced, just um, fetishized. Yeah, it seems to, well, I think they, they're probably cross-correlated and I think it's a sign of a collapsing system. Hmm. Um, and yeah. it's a sign of a collapsing system, not because it is like intrinsically immoral or anything like that. It's a sign of a collapsing system because it's a system that is beginning to throw out the cultural rules that evolved, you know, usually with their religion and with their culture, like we talk about in the Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion, how cultures mm -hmm. evolve over time. Well, almost mm -hmm. every culture is going to evolve a disdain towards mm -hmm. sibling relationships because of the negative effect that had. The cultures that allowed that ended up dying out. So mm -hmm. when you see a wealthy group in a society or a powerful group in a society throwing out that one rule, which is core to almost every cultural group in human history for basic evolutionary, like cultural evolutionary reasons, that is a group that is likely throwing out a lot of other things that lead to civilizational collapse. It's just a sign of how much they've been willing to ignore of their ancestry and their culture in the pursuit of in the moment hedonism or mm. removing in the moment suffering, i.e. the suffering of I want that, why can't I have that now? And that is the, 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 the people who do that, they are the people who are lost and who will be wiped out by this wave of infertility we're seeing in our society now. But anyway, I love you, Simone. And what a cursed world it would be in if you had been born my your sister sister yeah thank, thank goodness I'll, I'll i just little... look like your sister <laughs> hi i'm todd richards i know we're in love <laughs> and um so we were wondering if it's possible yes. if you could put us down in the same town right or the same street at least at the same time if possible how about the same family yes. that'd be great yeah no oh no 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 no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love you I too, love you to death, Simone. Thank you so much. <laughs>